Be still and know God is here. Be still and know God is here. Be still and know that God is here. In the name of the Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Amen. Good morning, church. Today, we have finally reached the end of our annual church calendar. And this last Sunday is marked each year by celebrating what we call Christ the King Sunday. It is an odd thing for us to celebrate in many ways, but I do think there is a beautiful invitation tucked up inside this maybe otherwise sometimes arcane or esoteric notion of Christ as king. During Jesus' time on earth, there were indeed kings and kingdoms galore, lots of them. Furthermore, kings claimed status of being both royal and divine and mandated a pledged allegiance from their subjects. So when Jesus taught about the kingdom of God, his listeners would have had a very clear frame of reference. At the same time, though, I suspect they must have also done some kind of serious head-scratching or had collective whiplash trying to make sense of all Jesus was trying to say. For they knew about power. Power in the Roman Empire meant dominance and persecution. But the power in the kingdom of God seemed to mean seeking out the lost welcoming the stranger, offering and receiving forgiveness. They knew all about rulers. Ruling in the Roman Empire meant vast disparities and imbalances of economic resources. But ruling in the kingdom of God seemed to mean empowering, empowering others to do justice, to seek kindness, and to walk humbly with God. In short, we can understand what they wanted in their Messiah, a powerful king, a savior to rescue them and to replace an otherwise oppressive regime. But I don't think that's what Jesus offered, and it certainly isn't what they got. What people listening to Jesus were hearing was not about replacing one ruler or king with another, as if it were a regime change. No, what they were hearing about was a total upending and reordering of everyone and everything in creation. As scripture often describes it, a new heaven and earth. What they were hearing in Jesus' teachings was an invitation to stop and do a total reboot, if you will, about everything, where people lived, how they loved, who they followed. So how can we hear those teachings today in a way that moves us forward and deeper into our desire to follow this path of love? One way, I think, is to hear the words in the Gospel of Luke as if we are in the story as well. I find it helpful to remember those taunting and mocking Jesus that day were most likely the very same people that only moments before were hailing his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. They were, 
and I suspect we are too at times, swayed and influenced by the energy of a crowd, a kind of spiritual groupthink, if you will, and acquiescing to the lowest human common denominator. Who we are in the crowd reflects who we are in the world and the values we stand for day by day. It is not easy to stand apart from a crowd at times, but that may be the call to discipleship for us in the days to come. Developing the ability and the capacity to step out of the crowd, to see someone else's full humanity amidst a backdrop of judgment and persecution, risking our own comfort. That, my friends, feels like the core of Jesus' teaching about the kingdom of God. So how do we start and where do we go? I want to take a chance and suggest we might begin by finding a way to approach the foot of the cross today. I recognize that suggestion may be uncomfortable for some of us to hear. It often is for me. Too many of us gathered in this place have had a lifetime of feeling rejected by the church, or bullied, or ignored, or criticized, or shamed, or silenced for who we are, for who we love, for the doubts and questions we pose, for our skepticism of the church as an institution, or for simply not fitting in to a fairly prescribed set of beliefs. And yet, it is at the foot of the cross that I pull myself to today, to remember there is a different kind of power available to face into oppressive systems. Moving towards the cross might allow us to reclaim and recommit to following a call to challenge hate with love, fear with acceptance, and bigotry with compassion. We usually come to the foot of the cross in Lent, but I think amidst the context we are living in today, Christ the King Sunday is a good time to approach the cross and humbly reconnect with the idea of Christ as the universal energy and wisdom infusing all of who we are and hope to be as a different kind of king. The kind of king we might reclaim and describe as a radical force of mind-blowing love. The one who invites our allegiance and loyalty, not for control or manipulation, but as the ultimate invitation to embrace our true colors. In 1986, Cindy Lauper could not have known when she recorded the song True Colors what was going to happen in her life and in the lives of so many others over the next 30 years. She sang the song for the first time, as I understand it, for her dear friend Gregory Natal after he died from complications due to HIV and AIDS. It was a particularly devastating and confusing time in our gay community as so many of us began losing our friends and family members at an alarming rate. That song quickly became a kind of anthem in many LGBTQ communities across the country as its lyrics underscore the beauty of the totality of every person, especially those of us who have felt discarded or marginalized. 
When she was asked about her mythical choices and her decision to change the style of the original gospel feel of the song, here is what Cindy Lauper said. My friend Gregory had just died from AIDS and I was devastated. I felt this was a good song to sing for all of us left behind. I wanted the song to sound like a voice that whispers to you, a voice that tells you do not be discouraged, a voice that's almost childlike so that it speaks to our basic DNA, the softest, most gentle part of who we are. Then just maybe, we could hold on to that voice and hear that whisper telling us we are not alone and that we'll be okay. Every beautiful part of us, like a rainbow. But the impact of that song and her conviction didn't stop there. Later that same year in 1986, Cindy Lauper co-founded a nonprofit to end the LGBT youth homelessness crisis called the True Colors Fund. Then in 2008, the fund morphed into its current iteration, going strong now called True Colors United. Today, through a wide array of advocacy, training, and education, youth collaboration, and technical assistance programs, True Colors United implements innovative solutions to youth homelessness that focus on the unique experiences of LGBTQ young people. Just about now, I know what you're thinking. What, might you ask, has this to do with Christ the King or the symbol of the cross? Glad you asked. In short, to me, everything. As I continue to look around in the world doing my best to see and source what it means to follow Christ, I need to find and engage and wrestle with my faith in the context of my core values. I need to hear and see and feel hope alive. I need to know that claiming Christ as king means the lost, the hurting, the rejected, the shamed, the scared, and the forgotten have a place at this table of love that we dare invite ourselves to each and every week. So while the work of True Colors United has absolutely no religious affiliation, and Cindy Lauper might be surprised to hear her come up in a sermon, it does resonate with who and how I want to be as a follower of Christ. It represents a way of being in the world I think Jesus would welcome, a quiet, persistent, dedicated, reassuring voice advocating for some of the most vulnerable around us. An incarnate expression, discovering and celebrating the beauty that is sometimes hard to see, just like a rainbow. The truth of the gospel calls us out today to remind us that as we draw to the foot of the cross and hear Jesus' words and the torment he endures, we pledge our loyalty and allegiance to that kind of love. An expansive, multicolored, generous, boundary-breaking reality that does not exclude or divide, hate or demean. It is a love that cannot be confined. I want to gift each one of us today with a small olive wood cross. 
This, I hope, can be a reminder of who we are all called to be in this different kind of kingdom. I offer it this week coming up on Thanksgiving as a thanks to who you are and who you help us be together. A sign is a token of our affection of the ties that bind us in this community, visitors and longtime members alike. And I hope and pray that we will come to the foot of the cross often, asking for strength and wisdom, and then feeling the love that will lead us out into the world. May these crosses remind us to be the light of Christ, the light that casts out the darkness of hatred and violence, the light that shows a path of hope to those who have been ignored or overlooked or silenced, the light that promises to always help us find our way home where we are loved and wanted. And finally, the light that reveals all of our true colors, shining and radiating alongside everyone and everything else, just like a beautiful rainbow, now and forever. May it be so.